This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is The Property Show and I'm Mark Tan. There have been over 6 million residential homes built in Malaysia and every time an owner collects their keys, chances are a little bit of renovation and interior design will come to mind. As a rule of thumb, one usually will set a 20% budget for renovations and for interior design works, another 5%. Of course, the cost can vary tremendously depending on one's taste for the finer things in life. But a combined 25% is a good budget to begin with. However, if you're a first-time homeowner, renovating a home is not an easy task for the uninitiated. Many owners get caught up and rush in, cost overruns will creep in, or disputes with contractors occur. To share with us some industry knowledge on how to avoid these pitfalls, we have Jackie Chua, CEO of Rekatone, a company that helps customers with their renovation services. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Mark. Now, Jackie, I remember the first house I bought. After collecting the keys, I surveyed the renovations my neighbours were doing and after spotting one which I liked, I waited for the contractor to arrive and asked him to give me a quote. Then I asked around my family and friends to recommend their contractors they've used before. So after shortlisting a few contractors, I spent 15 minutes explaining to them what I want before I chose the cheapest quote. Unfortunately, two months into the project, it's not what I really want and I start asking for more works and the costs go up. Is this still the same process and experience many other owners go through today? The homeowner still uh, looking for a very traditional way on how to deal with the contractors. Normally, they will look after their VP, their so-called their key VP. Normally, they will look for three to five of the contractors on how they are going to deal with. Normally, they will compare not only their price, but also they demanding the value. The value is come more important than the price. So when you talk about value, I suppose you're referring to the, the scope of works that's listed in the quotation to determine whether the price matches the scope of work. The price and the quality. The quality should come first. That could be different, different price, but with a different, different quality. But how do you determine a quality from a quotation? So let's just take a very simple example. I mean, cement. A quotation wouldn't tell you whether this is high quality cement or poor quality cement. Normally, they are not only cement, but uh, of course, if you are talking about some structural work, then it might come with whether what is the BRC, the metal, the structure, and then what is the grade of the concrete, and what is the size, and how thick it is. So this is something that normally the, the, the client might not be aware. Correct. If I'm a first-time homeowner, I wouldn't understand quality specifications for like plaster ceilings, cement screed. Uh, brick walls. This is beyond me because you know this is my first time doing it, right? Even the plaster ceiling also, there were the different different type of their uh, working method. Whether there is a they call it as a fiberglass patching or there is only some screw on the plaster ceiling, you wouldn't know as a client. You wouldn't know, and truly, you need to depends on their skill and you trust them on their work. Correct, and I know from my own experience when it comes to skill, your carpentry work your tiling work, those are really skill sets that you need to make sure the job done is very nice. As for carpenter work, then they normally will have a few different material on that. They have malamai, they have a plywood, they have a different, different finishes, laminate. So client might not able to differentiate out which is the good material. What sort of budget would you recommend as a percentage of the property value? Basically, it's about, normally it's about 20% to 
25% of their property value. They will put it in a renovation. Anyhow, this could be quite different from their requirement. And of course, different design and different concept also will affect the price as well. Now, when you say 20 to 25%, it's across all property types, whether it's affordable home, condo or landed. 20% normally will be quite accurate for condominium as we don't have any extension of the structure. So basically, it's all about interior. So the budget is easier to control. Whereas for landed property, you might have different concept or different uh, extension that you want. It can be from uh, kitchen extension or master room extension or even car porch extension. So it could be quite out of the 20% of the budget. So landed house, the budget might be more, maybe another 5 or 10% from there. So basically 20 to 30% for a landed property would be the usual budgeted range. I will say that is the normal case. But in your experience, and we've heard all these horror stories before, we hear about cost overruns. So even if I originally budgeted 30% for a link house, at the end of the day, the bill comes to 35, 40%. So in your experience, what's usually the biggest reasons for cost overruns? There are a few factors which will affect this uh, cost overrun. First, the client might not expect something at very initial stage. And when the process goes on, then uh, only it comes with, uh, I mean, in the the mid of the process, then only comes out with some different idea or different uh, requirement on that. Then normally it comes to, we call it as a VO, variation order. Or... That could be a different understanding or misunderstanding between you, the client, and the contractor. The contractor might expect something easier way or cheaper way to do. By end of the day, something is not as what you expect. Then you start to complain and then you start to put in additional money to rectify it. That could be another reason. Partly it's because of the miscommunication and it could be the quality sometimes. You want to upgrade your quality with some uh, more luxury feel, more luxury expectation. How does a homeowner go out there and find a good contractor? The clients still need to go to check uh, the background of the contractor in the market. Now, of course, nowadays, uh, a lot of people will be talking about whether you want to check their sitors, or their, their whatever background or whatever. But anyhow, you should check at least on their social media uh, what is their previous handover project and how many designers or how many contractors, how many workers they have, then uh, how much project that they can handle and what is the delivery time. Those are something that will affect the confidence on this contractor. So among this, I still believe that uh, total checking on their office, just go there, visit them in their office and then talk to them. It's better than you chat with them in Starbucks or any coffee shop, then you wouldn't know what is behind and what is the sense. Normally, as a very uh, established contractor, they will welcome you to visit them to their office. They will showcase what they already done and what is their potential uh, ability there, how many workers, how many manpowers, whether they have a, a skilled workers with them. Those are something that they can show you. Throughout my experience, I will advise that please don't go for contractor that don't have any permanent address. The three tips that you give is go visit the contractor's office, make sure he has workers, and the third one is try to look for some of the 
pr- projects is done in the past. Yes, uh, you can ask them to uh, bring you to visit whatever project that already been done or in the progress. Once you've appointed the contractor, uh, it's usually common for there to be delays. So in, in your experience, what are the major reasons for delays? There could be a lot of different reasons. If there is any extension of wet work, then you might need to depend on the weather, raining or not, and uh, depends on whether there is uh, any long lead item materials. And also, sometimes the contractor might tell you that some of their workers are not able to come, sick, or maybe the worker no longer with them. So those are something that are out of their control. Or of course, lah, they might tell you that uh, they, they need to postpone the delivery of your process. And the client should request if there is any, uh, we call it as a LAD or penalty, if you couldn't deliver on time. Now, of course, uh, there must be something uh, quite reasonable. So are you saying that um, we can uh, impose a practice where if I decide with a contractor, 100,000 ringgit of work, worth of works, to be delivered in six months' time. The delivery date is 30th November. Okay. And the contractor fails to deliver come 1st December. Can I charge them 10%? Normally, they don't calculate as a 10%. From what our normal practice, uh, normally we will come up with a LAD per day. It's not by per percentage. So For an example, uh-huh. 100K project, it could be 500 ringgit per day or 250 ringgit per day, it depends on how you negotiate with them. Taking back to the example of 100,000 ringgit renovation, what would be a fair LAD per day rate to charge? We will suggest is about 250 per day. 250 ringgit per day. Yeah. Going back to these project milestones, how would you structure payments to the contractor? We will suggest the client 20% or 30% deposit. That is the normal practice in the market. But doesn't the 30% imply a very high rate for the homeowner when no work has been done at all? You see, normally this one is depends on how much your renovation amount is. If your renovation amount is 50k, then 30%, I think, quite fair, 15k, uh, because they need to mobilize the thing, they need to prepare, and then they need a lot of things to be ordered. That is something that they need to cost out some of the money in advance. Uh, so I think it's quite fair. In the event the contractor runs away and abandons the project halfway, what kind of legal recourse can a homeowner make against the party? This is something quite tricky and it always happened in this market. The client or the homeowners, once they make their payment already, then the contractor will get the client to sign everything. And then once you sign on their agreement everything, then normally they will start work. They will deliver some of the sands, cements, or or some materials, then with one or two maybe foreign workers to start the work, then they will start to hack something or whatever. You see, in this case, uh, they already consider, they already fulfilled to start their work by their agreement. But anyhow, they might delay you. So you couldn't make any police report. The only way that you can do is you bring them to tribunal court or you sue them by your own way. This goes back to your point earlier on where if you were to appoint a contractor, please go to his office to make sure that the contractor exists. So in the event of a worst case scenario, at least you know where to go look for him. Yes, at least you know where he is. Uh, At least you can call him. At least you can go to visit him to nego on how is the process and everything. Yeah. On the property show this morning is Jackie Chua, CEO, Rekatone. When we come back from the break, what to consider when you want to improve the interior of the house and how to avoid pitfalls. This is BFM 89.9.
Welcome back to The Property Show where we have Jackie Chua, CEO Rekatone, a company that helps customers with their renovation services. Before the break, we look at the challenges of renovation with contractors. Now, Jackie, when it comes to interior design, there's a higher degree of subjectivity in play as materials, finishes and fixtures can vary tremendously. So when it comes to budgeting for interior design, what's the usual rate that you recommend to your clients? Well, the interior design might charge you a certain percentage on your uh, total value of the project. Normally, they will charge you maybe 6%. Uh, some will charge you maybe up to 10% or even more. It depends on uh, how critical your jobs and depends on uh, how famous their status as well. So the interior designer anyhow will give you the planning first and then from the mob board, and then from a 2D, 3D, and then to show you around how is the concept and everything. It could be minimalist, uh, Scandi, or Zen, or whatsoever, industrial field, or whatsoever. It depends on your requirement. Then from there, they will try to catch the field, catch whatever that you want. Then from there, the 2D, the 3D, and then uh, anyway, they will come out with the budget as well. So when you say 6 to 10%, so if between me and the interior designer, we agree on a budget of 100,000 ringgit, so the interior designer fees would be anything from 6,000 to 10,000 ringgit. It's a normal practice like, in the market. How do you find an interior designer to begin with in the first place? I mean, if let's say there are some famous interior designers and they're charging 10%, but I'm, I'm looking for more value and I want to find an interior designer that is only going to charge me 6%, where do I begin to look for this group of people? Okay, first, worth of mouth. Second, you can go through some of the directory and social media or some uh, interior design platform and also some show, showroom or some exhibition. That could be some uh, way of you can find them. But of course, you need to check on their background as well. Lah. That is something that uh, I always insist. I always insist that to check with them to go to their office or to go to their gallery showroom to understand more on how is the design and the workmanship, everything. Now, when it comes to interior designers, is there any sort of qualification that a person needs to have before they wake up one morning and decide to be an interior designer? Definitely, there must be qualified interior designer. There are a lot of courses in different academy, university, institute. Uh, they are where they, they, they train and then they educate how the interior designer should come out with their uh, basic and then how they're going to design with those. At least three years to five years before they can qualify as a so-called IDR, AR. So at the very least, when you appoint an interior designer, you should look at the paper qualification to begin with. Not only paper, but also experience and some of their artwork. It, it could be quite potential uh, interior designer which can come out something really uh, functionality with their very... Uh, elegant design. We know in Malaysia, there's the Malaysian Institute of Architects. Is there an equivalent association for interior designers? They call it as a MIID, Malaysia Institute Interior Design. So this is an uh, association which uh, park under uh, LAM. And uh, at the same time also, there is another PAM park under LAM. So both are some of the association in this industry. Sorry, so PM is Persatuan Architect Malaysia. Yes. What's LAM? LAM is Lembaga Architect Malaysia. Talking about architects, would it be better for a homeowner to engage an architect to do the renovations in the first place? Because then I can appoint an architect and leave the architect to worry about the interior design and the contractor. 
architect normally will be involved if there is any exterior or facade that you are going to refurbish or you are going to uh, reno or you are going to uh, do uh, uh, something like uh, a piece of empty land. It can start from a piece of empty land or you can redo the, the whole facade of uh, whatever your link house, your semiti or whatsoever. And, you know, even for a link house, if it's a minor renovation, you may not need an architect. But if you are buying a link house and you're trying to convert it from a two-story link house to a three-story link house, then definitely that's when an architect yeah, has to come yeah. in. The architect have to come in not only uh, from two-story to three-stories, but also if you uh, extend it as a, your kitchen extension or some of other extension which uh, involve the exterior, then normally the architect will be involved. And then the architect also will help you not only with your architect uh, drawing and everything, they will help you in submit, submission to the authority as well. So Jackie, we live in a digital world today and occasionally I'll see some adverts on my Facebook feed and social media platforms. I see adverts coming from you know, companies like Makeover Guys and Lift Space. So what business platforms are there in Malaysia that can help me find contractors and interior designers on a digital basis? Traditionally, from the offline to our nowadays uh, and online uh, interior design sectors, it comes the renovation platform. What are the benefits that the renovation platform can provide? First, it needs to preserve our clients' right and deliver a quality, fair value, time-saving renovation project. At the same time, it needs to uphold the contractor, the interior designer's uh, reputation and also it needs to mediate a lot of di disputes, uh, scams that happened in this market about payment, about delivery, about dispute. So this is uh, why we need a digital platform. And in terms of uh, giving out a fair value, uh, we are talking about e-bidding. E-bidding is something like traditional way we call it as a tendering process where the client might request a renovation project by their budget and their requirement on their concept. And that is how the digital platform will match it and then will screen through before they invite the so-called uh, qualified or interior designer or contractors to help them into their this uh, uh, renovation work. That is how a fair value uh, method will be created. So in terms of uh, uh, e-bidding process, uh, once everything been confirmed, then there will be a so-called uh, live session of this uh, e-bidding, which the client can log in to the live session and the professionals or the contractor could log in to bid or to offer their best price on that. The lowest one will be recommended to be awarded. But anyhow, the client might ask, uh, how, how about the quality? How about the workmanship? Uh, how, how about the process and everything? And here comes the, another uh, method or another solution which the digital platform will provide project management consultancy to look after the whole project, not only in, at the site, but also at their payment as well. So that the contractor will claim based on the progress, based on the milestone and with a consent from the client before the money could be released. And there should be a retention on their defects. And also, there should be have a, at least 12 months defect library period to 
maybe 24 months. It depends on the project's value. So you're looking at least in terms of this new digital platforms that are out there, the platform will help you vet the contractor, uh, quality control, and potentially offer you a 12 to 24 months warranty in terms of defects liability. Yes, there should be a retention on that. Lah. If there is any uh, defects or, or anything that uh, it happened which the contractor couldn't rectify it, then that is the uh, retention's money that the platform could use it and to engage others to continue to rectify, to finish up the whole thing. So as for the above, Rakatun uh, is providing something, provide a one-stop solution for our client. Okay, Jackie. Thank you very much for your time. On The Property Show was Jackie Chua, CEO, Rekatone. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.